Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fissette. On this episode, we get to meet singer-songwriter Leah Isis. Leah is a singer-songwriter and pianist who is just now releasing her fourth studio album called Family Album. It's her first album since 2014's Isis, which saw her going in a very synthetic, very electronic direction, a clean departure from her rootsier aesthetic at the start of her career. In this chat, Leah and I talk in great detail about the conception, production, recording, and the general goals for this new album, as well as why she feels like it's her strongest work yet. We also talk a bit about what it was like working with the great, late J.R. White, who helped her with the production on this album. We get into her starts in music, which included her abandoning her dreams of becoming a dancer and actor, but I think she's happy on where she settled. We talk about a lot more too, and I hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. This is me meeting Leah Isis. Um, okay. So, how have you been these past? Oh few yeah. Weeks? <laughs> so, I have been well. I just had a baby mm. um, six weeks ago. So very recent. <laughs> and that's yeah, very recent. So that's been amazing. And it, like just being pregnant and then being in the baby bubble has made like all of like the disaster around me feel a little bit more palatable mm, yeah <laughs> just because I'm inside anyway and just like keeping it cozy and also just you know newborns are really magical <laughs> and pregnancy is really magical so yeah. just <laughs> yeah and I I also like for the first time did the full like staying in bed for 40 days and 40 nights kind okay. of thing <laughs> so um so I really like let myself heal. And so even when it was like so smoky, I was just kind of like inside with, with the blinds shut and like not on my phone. Yeah. So, I was, was going to ask, cause you, you somewhat recently relocated to the Sonoma area. Um, yeah. So how, how was that for you? The, the wildfires? Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, the first really big one was in 2017 mm. and we were evacuated and we lived in the mountains like above the town of Sonoma okay. so the fire line was actually like 20 yards from our house oh wow um and then my daughter at the time was one so it was really intense yeah <laughs> it was so terrifying because also like even if your house doesn't burn down you still kind of imagine that it might of course like it, yeah. we were right there yes yeah, so you kind of go through it no matter what so yeah there's I mean, like a huge amount of like yeah I would think that paranoia and that fear would come from being so close to any disaster. Yes, 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have family in Louisiana and they have the hurricane coming like maybe what today? And um, oh my God. Yeah, so I keep thinking about that because they've had a really active hurricane season. It just seems like, uh huh. I forget who I was talking to, but someone recently was like uh, for the show and they were like, yeah, it's just like one thing after another. Yeah, it just doesn't stop. It's just, this year has just been piling things on. 
It's really uh, intense. But I'm glad it, se- it seems that you guys have stayed safe. And uh, I'm assuming and hoping your house did not get damaged. No, our house is okay. We're, we're okay. The skies are blue again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of, this was like the new cycle. Yeah, really. It seems like in California. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was wild to be on the East coast and, and see the effects of your wildfires. Um, sure. You know, Cause like, I don't yeah. think, I can't remember a time that we've had that happen. And I just, I didn't even know it was happening. And I was like driving in, into work one morning and I was looking right at the sun and I was like, why can I look right at the sun? Yeah. Why can I look right at it? It's beautiful. It's yeah. like this dark red. It's not blinding me. And then later on the news, they were, you know, discussing how the smoke made it all the way over here. It's just, it's crazy. That's so insane. I know. Oh um, my God. So, um, so I'm glad that you guys have been doing well. I'm glad that, um, I mean, I would think almost you know, being pregnant during this uh, pandemic could go either like making you kind of go inside and feel good or like make you panic. So yes, I just imagine, I mean, obviously I can't really fathom it, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but it does kind of seem like that kind of thing where it's like, oh, now there's like another layer to it than, than, than everyone else has. So I'm glad that you, you you are doing well. Yeah, Um, for sure. Like the animal instinct of yeah, it's been, God, yeah, I feel like we'll all be like unpacking this year for like the rest of our lives. <laughs> I know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a national tragedy in slow motion. Yeah, I mean, it's, it really is. And unpacking is a good word because even when it's over, quote unquote, it'll, it's the, I mean, the ripple effects are going to be huge. Huge. Both financially and psychologically. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be weird. Totally. Socially and yeah. Oh, totally socially it. because I mean, my social bubble, which was never in, too enormous, but it, it, I mean, it's, it's very much so shrink. And yeah. yeah. So when we all are reopened and able to like go see our friends we haven't seen in a year, it's almost like we have to like retrain. It's like we, we don't have the equipment for this kind of thing. We're kind of making it up as we go. Absolutely. But, um, and also with music, I mean, you have an album coming out, we should say, um, in the midst of all the chaos. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> you have an album coming out in mm-hmm. January, which I don't unfortunately foresee much changing by then. Um, no. So I don't, I don't imagine you currently are planning a tour. I'm not at least, not, at least not for right then. No, not for right then. Hopefully yeah. in the spring or summer, there'll be some kind of. Yeah. Yeah, outdoor shows happening. Yeah, I'm hoping those become more common. I know we've been yeah. we've been doing a couple um, around here. I haven't gone to any yet, but it's I think people, even the performers, are are kind of hesitant sometimes. Yeah, I bet. I was talking to um, Raphael Stendel Preston of of Braids, and she was mentioning how they just played their first show in Canada, and it was really nerve wracking. And she was like, she found herself like preoccupied with making sure everyone was wearing a mask and not everybody was. And like, that was making her nervous. And like, it just like, it's like this, you know, rabbit hole of thoughts. So hopefully that will, um, allay at some point. Yeah. I really hope so. Um, I know it's a crazy moment to be releasing music (laughs) not to mention that you you know not for nothing haven't released an album in quite a while and now you are and we're in the midst of this pandemic I know um how long has the album been been finished um it's been finished for a year okay um and yeah we were pushing I mean it's 
I, it seems to me like it's hard to really, but like, this is, this is what's happening. So mm -hmm. I'm going with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of just like, you, you, you probably could have pushed it, but you didn't want to. <laughs> I could have pushed it, but like, yeah, but it's also like, I mean, to like bring it back to the birth metaphor, it's just like, it's ready, right. you know, like it, it's not doing me any good to, to hoard it to myself or to let it like collect more dust. Yeah. And I also think like to think of music in a deeper way that we all need it as really like an offering, you know, because I think like, you know, have to do some like ego dissolving, but it's just like, you know, maybe this won't, I'm not going to go on this massive tour or, you know, music journalism is obviously so strange right now as well, mm -hmm. but like, even just from releasing the two song singles I have already, um, I feel like it, it's allowing the music to really like be medicinal, which I've always wanted it to be. Yeah. So I'm trying to find like some some silver lining in being able to give it to people now, and we really can like lean on artwork to help us through. I think. Well, it's true. And also without, yeah. um, almost without the sort of tag on of the tour and the promotional cycle and the, you know, appearances here and there, you're kind of just left with the album. So yes. that kind of yeah, gives true. us as listeners sort of a, a, a chance mm -hmm. to only have to um, engage with the album and then we can kind of sit with it and help, and let it kind of do its thing for us. Yeah, oh, I love thinking about it like that. That's so true. Well, yeah, all the distractions are gone. We'll just have the music. Yeah, um, exactly. Someone else was just telling me that too. Just like this lack of touring is sort of like, it's like pivoting the attention. Yeah, there's like a purity to it, I think mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know, yeah, journalism is really weird right now. Um, I mean, have have you been um, surprised at all by the, 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 the reception? Um, I mean, this is my first time releasing music really when it's kind of like a playlist world, mm. like it, with the DSPs. So, um, yeah, that's a whole new ball game for me, but I'm, I've been getting some really sweet and genuine feedback, like directly from fans too, which has been really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it feels good. It feels good to like to, sh to finally share again yeah for sure were you yeah was there ever a part of you that was like maybe a little worried that you'd come back and 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 everyone would be gone because <laughs> i feel like that yeah, would be a fear a little of mine bit. for sure and especially because my last album was um so different like mm -hmm. i really on isis took like an ex it was really experimental for me um, and I really like took a left turn and, and this album, I feel like I've kind of fell back in love with the piano and kind of where I all start, where music writing started for me in general. So yeah, you just hope that people are along for the journey and it, and it feels like there are people that are like along for the journey, no matter what I make and hopefully getting still new fans. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like stylistically, it's it's not really r related to my last album, which, you know, if people were really into that one, I don't know if they'll really be into this one, but it seems like they are because it's still me. 
yeah. <laughs> no matter what the style is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was actually going to ask about that, that too because Isis was yeah. so electronic and so synthetic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what prompted that shift in the first place? Um, I don't know. I just kind of fell in love with like synthesizers and <laughs> I don't know, like the technology behind it, I found to be kind of empowering and I kind of enjoyed learning how to do logic and mm. learning how to program. And it was more of like a, yeah, it just felt like fun to, to experiment with like production um, and kind of like learning how to make beats and all these things. And then um, I don't know, I feel like there's, feels kind of common for like an artist right I've I've seen this through line happen a lot where you kind of like you know shed where you've come from or like you need to like just completely take a a complete left turn from from where you were just to prove something to yourself or Mm -hmm. something um and I wanted to do that and in the end I don't regret it but it does feel like it was like a departure from myself right um yeah and this album that I've been working on now feels like I I wasn't going for anything in particular except just letting what came out naturally to come out and with Isis I was really going for something like I wanted to make pop songs I wanted to make my own beats. I wanted to, you know, program synthesizers. And for this one, it was just like, what is purely going to come out of my throat and my hands if I sit down at the piano again on the mountain mm-hmm. top <laughs> after moving to California? Yeah. And, and like, what can I do to like nurture that and like take my time with it and not put any pressure on myself other than just like showing up? Yeah and seeing what comes out yeah did you take anything or learn anything from the ices album that that you still carry with you through this album um just from like making that the experience of making it yeah for sure i think like um i did learn that there is such a thing as like overworking things (laughs) and like to trust um, the purity <laughs> mm-hmm. of when things happen naturally and you know that it's good to just trust that. I think also motherhood kind of helped me with that. Mm. Um, cause you don't actually have as much time as, as you want. And so you're forced to make decisions quicker. Right. Um, and more intuitively. Um, I also like during ISIS, like really, really like, started to trust my instincts as a producer um and I definitely took even though the style is so different I definitely feel more confident like you know have making choices about production Mm -hmm. for sure yeah are you um did you produce or or co-produce the new album um so uh J.R. White produced it but we we -hmm. worked really closely together okay so yeah so that sort of kind of knowing what your vision is and kind of how to get there, you, you sort of held on to that instinct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it does sound, um, you know, I, I was just, uh, I was just sent the album last night. So I, I listened um, 
a couple times. Um, it does cool. sound like sort of a return to the more like organic sound of your first two albums. Mm-hmm. But there is sort of a psychedelic quality to it too that I I think was kind of missing before. Not, not that hundred percent. Not that it needed yeah. to be there, but just like it, it's like that's kind of the new the new lens through which I feel like I'm I'm listening to it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because it has like this to me anyway. It has like this kind of I don't know, like seventies almost, like a very gently psychedelic folk kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Was that like a general aesthetic you were going for? Yeah, I think that, um, I love that you picked up on that. Yeah, I think that, that, you know, like the singer songwriter and the organic band and the piano is like, is the building block. But I think when I really felt like the songs became what they wanted to be was when there was an element of like, like you said, psychedelia or like distortion Mm -hmm. or like otherworldliness. I think like that's, that theme like it hasn't found itself sonically in my body of work yet but I think I mean maybe it started to in Isis but like with electronica so it's so different right but um but I think like having like a quality of like otherness psychedelia or like whatever like to enhance like the kind of like mystical qualities that I'm singing about or Mm. feeling um is really when we would like look at each other and be like yeah that's it like in anywhere at all like there's like a guitar loop that's it was through like a broken tape machine you know like these sort of like um dreamy qualities that come from like analog equipment right has was really like so pivotal in this album and jr who produced and was like the founding member of girls that oh, okay. awesome sf band and mm-hmm. then um he did tobias jesso jr he's just like his ears are so incredible especially i've never seen somebody know how to really like get the most out of analog gear um you know it's just like the difference of like a film photograph or a digital yeah it's just like this like grainy realness that also becomes like more magical for some reason. Yeah, um, I mean, and that's a yeah, that's a cool thing to think about too. Because I I did sort of notice that um, on several songs they feel really acoustic and really organic, and then sort of almost out of nowhere, you notice that oh, there's this whole time there's been this other layer to it. Um, yeah, like, like on anywhere at all. I think that's the one mm-hmm. with the uh, the count off at the beginning um yeah exactly yeah and mm-hmm. your and your vocal and the guitar have this very odd almost like they're being back masked like underneath it but I don't think that's what's happening but it is like uh-huh. this sort of like warped undercurrent to uh-huh. it and then um you know I think on on the first track that sudden shift in the end you know yeah like those little moments like that it's like it kind of jolts you into into this sort of like you say analog almost synthetic yeah. nature but it's still very natural at the same time yeah exactly and like a little bit unexpected mm-hmm. yeah very much so i would I say think, yeah which i yeah um so it's called the family actually it's called family album okay. i don't know why i keep saying the family album <laughs> it's called family album um <laughs> which i know family album is the name of one of the tracks but why was that why do you think that was sort of the the name for this project what does that mean to you um, 
to me? Well, actually, it's it, it started meaning one thing, and now it means another thing. <laughs> it right now for me, it's I've learned so much from this album that like that art is communal um and i really believe that this album like would not be what it is were it not for like the amazing people i had around me and collaborated with like on all levels musically of course but also visually and um obviously my my actual family, mm -hmm. but then also thinking about like how much, I don't know, the mountain influenced me <laughs> and like, I wouldn't have written the songs I did at where I, were I not there. So I don't know, just this feeling of like, and it is kind of like an old school, like West coast feeling of like, of sharing and openness and like everything, everyone being a part of it. Um, that really like, I didn't, I didn't think about that as much when I decided that that really was the name of it. I was thinking about, um, my, my actual family and my husband and my daughter, mm -hmm. but especially during this time when I can't see all these people that were part of it and that I'm kind of like reflecting on it. I think like unconsciously it really was about this community around the music that feels like so important to me and like what I want to what I want to focus on around this album talking about this album and promoting this album do you think that that's reflected uh, thematically across the album as well um or or what are some of the underlying themes you think of this album so the underlying themes are um I mean, I think moving to the West Coast, this is my first California output. Mm. So I think that's like a huge through line is there's like, a, there's an inherent kind of like Wild West freedom that is just hard to deny when you're out here. Um, that kind of makes you feel like you can do anything. <laughs> and then on top of that, like I moved to this mountaintop and I think that that I think the combination of like moving like moving out west and then moving on to a mountain like I I felt so free um and I think like freedom is the the most amazing tool a musician can have for creating new work mm. so I felt really like I could do whatever I wanted. I could create however I wanted to. I could take my time. Um, so I think like that, that energy of, of freedom is, is all throughout there. And then um, of course, motherhood is a huge one as well. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like, I don't know, like embracing some of these like archetypal feminine roles that, that we have a chance to to inhabit and feeling like the true like strength from them um you know motherhood is and like pregnancy and giving life is um just so 
there's no words for it. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the music. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just kind of like really like settling into these like big milestones and like letting them give me power instead of um, shying away from them. Mm. Um, and then of course, like when you give life, like you can't help but think about death. It's just, there's like the mortality line is through, through all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just some chill subjects. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty chill album. Oh, did I, mean, I lose it, you again? Okay, no. It's a pretty chill album. I mean, it is chill. You know, t- yeah. Tonally, it, yeah. there is a certain warmth, but it's very, it's kind of relaxed at the same time. Um, Isis felt so cool and cold almost because, mm-hmm. probably because of the instruments you were using whereas this one feels yeah. very warm and kind of inviting even though you're discussing these sort of some of them are, are quite heavy topics there is a warmth that you can kind of settle into on this album I think that's so nice yeah <laughs> I, I I hope that that's <laughs> and I think, I think it's part true. <laughs> of that yeah I think it is true too and it's it's positive and i and it's also i don't know there is for sure a warmth that comes like when you're using real instruments as well you know mm-hmm. isis was very in the box and this was like very um you know four people in a little wooden room or in an awesome like studio by the sea so i i really do think like ener- energetics or have to be a part of it too mm-hmm. you know and i should mention this is your first album put out on your own label um yes natural which how did that come about that must be exciting yeah it is exciting um i was just i don't know i felt like you know with this with the whole family album concept i just felt like i could wanted to start curating um, and I also, you know, I've been doing, putting out records for 10 years and feel like I've seen a lot of the back end mm-hmm. and have learned a lot. And, you know, it, it sounded fun and I was sick of waiting for other people to make decisions about my album. Mm. Um, so I think like, you know, if I'm going to follow this feeling of freedom within my music, and then when it comes time to release, give it all away, that started to make less and less sense. Um, which is what happens when you're signed or it can. Yeah. Um, the, so I, I just felt like following this like sense of freedom and, and power and, you know, letting that become part of the release of the music too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. I'm excited to curate and, you know, do events around it and, and kind of like start to build a community around the music. There's a lot of like Northern California and, and LA um, buddies that I, that are a part of what I do in my life. And, musically and friendship wise so it feels feels really fun yeah and it seems like even though it's only one album deep um your own it does kind of seem like based on this album and just the vibe that the promotional material for your label gives it does seem like you have a pretty clear aesthetic in mind as well yeah definitely 
And I think that it's fun to exercise that aesthetic around something that's just not my, like it's not only my project, there's gonna be more people involved in it. So that feels, that feels really fun. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and my husband, Andrew, um, has scribe wine here in Sonoma and he's a big part of it too. So that's fun for us mm -hmm. to work on together. And, um, and he's incredible at brands and making the visuals work and yeah, may as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do want to ask because I, I like, um, inquiring about debut albums. Um, how did your first album, Nesima, I hope I'm saying that correctly, um, how did that come about? Because, you know, with debuts, yeah, mm -hmm. with debuts, it's like um, nothing to the general audience came before it, even though, of course, you know, people were always writing or probably performing, but then all of a sudden there's this mm -hmm. document in front of them. So I'm, I'm always curious kind of what leads to that first album. So how did you end up recording Nesima? Oh, that's cool. Um, so I was in New York City and I had had a band called the Marina um, and we had we had played a bunch. And then I I slowly met some people around just from playing out. And my friend Robbie Lee had a record label called Eye and Ear and he was friends with. Do you remember the band White Magic? Yeah. Who was on Drag City? Yeah. So they... Andy McLeod, the bass player from there, introduced me to Nicholas Vern, who had a studio in Greenpoint, who at the time was recording like all the Animal Collective and Deerhoof. And oh, it was kind of that like, yeah, like 2007 kind of area. Mm -hmm. um, so he was like, you should meet Nicholas and see if you get along. And maybe he could record because at this point I had like just built up a body of work huge body of work and I went to his studio on Greenpoint and he had like this huge chickering like 1800s grand piano and I just played him some songs so that's, <laughs> that's the studio. piano that Nassim has recorded on yeah exactly oh cool and then he was like we just really got along he's this he's an amazing super interesting guy and now a great friend of mine but then he said he wanted to make the full album so, so we we did and we kind of brought in this like cast like this awesome like I mean Brooklyn was such a fun place to be making music right then it was like bursting with creativity mm -hmm. and Williamsburg was still like you know cheap and creative <laughs> Um, and that's where we were. And, you know, it was just, it was a pretty magical time. He started his own label, Rare Book Room Records, which um, Nesima was first released on. Now I own it because that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it kind of started my, my real like recording career. And also, um, you know, the musicians I met there doing that are you know stayed with me for the next album Nic then nicholas and i did grown unknown together mm -hmm. even after i got signed with jag i still you know deepened into that relationship with him production wise 
Um, but yeah, it came after years of just kind of like putting myself out there and going to open mic nights and doing knitting factory and then yeah, just kind of pounding the pavement. Yeah. And um, yeah. as a myself as a Connecticut resident, you are you're from Connecticut, aren't you? Yes, I grew up there. Where did you grow up? So we're central Connecticut. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, central. Yeah, I'm still in the same area. I haven't I haven't moved very far. <laughs> but um <laughs> but I always find it really fun when I like, you know, after years, because I forget when I found out you you were from Connecticut, but um mm -hmm. I had probably been listening to you already. And that happens sometimes where because we always think that Connecticut has like no cool people. <laughs> and then you grow up <laughs> and you find out that there are in fact some cool there people from Connecticut. Some. You know, there's you and totally. Toon Yarns is from Connecticut and Oh yeah, she is. Um, Jonas Policewoman is from Connecticut. And uh Zenia Rubinos is from Connecticut. So I just like it's always fun when I when I discover that a musician or an artist that I like is from Connecticut. Um, <laughs> totally. So is that how someone growing up around here like yourself, um, is that kind of how you ended up breaking out and, and actually making an album that gets put out? Yeah, because of the pounding the pavement and, and going to open mic nights. Because of the yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I actually so my, I don't know, my background is in, I started really in theater. I thought I was going to be an actress. Mm. Like I wanted to be on Broadway <laughs> and then I wanted to be in movies. And I, I actually left Connecticut halfway through high school and went to an arts boarding school in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Um, Cause I did not fit in in Connecticut mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> and it was, my high school was very competitive and very um, like sports driven. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, did not find my people at all in high school until I went to this art sporting school. So then that kind of like set my path where I was like, okay, I'm like on, on the artist path finally. Um, and then I went to NYU for acting. Um, and I actually ended up in the experimental theater wing mm. for the last two years of my of NYU and then in the very last year my senior year I had this voice teacher um who I mean the experimental theater is all about kind of making your own work as opposed to having a strict technique that you are either doing well or doing wrong mm -hmm. like the difference between like ballet or modern dance where you're you just your body moves or there's like so I I'd already had all my classical training and then this voice teacher was basically like the assignments would be like sing a dream you know <laughs> or <laughs> like just really like you know make having us make noises like based on how our body was and just you know pretty far out and really freeing so that's when I started writing music because like all these things clicked for me because I had, you know, I'd always written poetry. I took piano lessons. Um, I was comfortable with performing because I'd always been in plays. Mm -hmm. And then this voice teacher was like, make your own thing. Like make it sound like how your voice sounds, not like how you think it should sound classically. So then I was like, okay, I'm writing music. And it just kind of, it wasn't even actually like conscious. Mm -hmm. It just kind of like all these, all this training and prep and years and like input of, 
of all these different mediums of performance and artwork came together and then that it was just done. I was just so clear about it. Yeah, it was, this like, is it was like a turning I, point almost. Yeah, for sure. I always find it interesting when artists, because I feel like that is sort of common where an yeah. artist will, um, while they're kind of coming up in their area, will at the kind of the last moment, like make a pivot, you know, because, yeah. because something clicks or something happens and you're like, wait, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't what I was going for, but actually maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of like, yeah. Do you have any acting ambition anymore? (laughs) Do I? No, I don't. I think I get, yeah, exactly. I think performing myself is like, can feel like such a big job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I definitely get that when I'm singing performing or doing videos or Mm. um any of that I would I wouldn't say no to acting again but I wouldn't like audition for something yeah you wouldn't seek (laughs) out (laughs) I wouldn't no I wouldn't um no so we mentioned before that you don't have um any touring really around this album yet but are you someone who may end up giving into the like live stream thing yeah, I think, you know, like it's kind of unavoidable, but um, something I'm thinking a lot about. Um, and I think there really is, I don't know, there's so much value in sharing, sharing what we have. Mm. So I think, you know, even if it is distanced, I think there's something to glean and there's a way to feel included um but yeah it's definitely it's definitely interesting to think about <laughs> yeah well it's such a, but it's not it's so really different. my end yeah <laughs> so different and also like it's such a throwback kind of album and even you know the videos are all on film and the first video for him was just basically like celebrating the value of being in front of people and kind of like sharing the like kinetic energy of playing music for people in a room Mm -hmm. which is just the best thing on earth for the performer and for the audience yeah i was gonna ask Um, what do you miss most about performing is it that sort of connectivity it is the connectivity and the camaraderie you know the camaraderie with the band and then yeah just kind of like being on that precipice of like you know, magic and unknown where that energy is really can't find anywhere else. And, and like, you know, like putting down your phone and just connect being there um, and being so in the present, you know, there's nowhere else, no other time that I'm as present as I am is when I'm playing music um, or singing. Um, and so I can do that in my living room, but you know, that's, I'm not just doing it for myself, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, I do really miss that. Yeah. And we are, mm-hmm. we are so more than ever. So in, in involved in our technology now. So yeah. like I was just, I was just speaking with um, 
Robin Pecknold about this the other day about how he was like, I just find myself like on my phone, like so often. Yeah. And it's not something that he had ever really like noticed about himself before. And I feel like we are all kind of in that boat now of like just inside most of the time and just like yeah. looking at our screens. And I think that is sort of why musicians are are playing live streams. Like, of course it is to get the music out there as well because they miss performing, but mm-hmm. it is kind of like a nice, like different way to use technology than simply just scrolling through, you know? For sure, yeah. Like if you can, if you even though you're looking at your phone, if you can look at your phone and watch a, an artist you like perform for 30 minutes, that's a, that's a nicer use of your time. That's a way nicer years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, so yeah, the music, uh, the album, I should say, a family album comes out on January 29th. I believe, well, we were, I should say, we are recording in October, though I believe this won't be posted until January. Okay. Um, so hopefully people uh, will listen and then be able to kind of quickly go um, find out more about the album. Um, I don't know if you have any more singles planned, but um that could be something that people look forward to as well. Um, yeah, I know I enjoy it. I I think I think people will like it. Um, it sounds like you enjoyed making it. Yeah, I loved making it. <laughs> yeah, and that's so that's really always did. that's always nice when you can like really tell that the people involved like really really cared about what was happening. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> totally. It was my. It's like yeah. It's my it's my other baby. Yeah. Getting putting out into the world is this is this like the best you've felt about a finished product before yeah it is Mm. for sure that's a nice feeling um yeah I think also like with age like I'm learning how to be patient like it's more important to me that it's done right than it is to like make sure it gets in before the end of the year Mm. you know I think that kind of like impatience is is gone now and I'd rather just like get it right yeah (laughs) so and that's just a better place to come from I think there's like um like a confidence that comes with that for sure yeah so it's just yeah you can hear it on the album I think oh that's good (laughs) thank you (laughs) um well thank you so much for talking to me yeah Um, thank you Jeremy did you cut out right as I'm saying goodbye? <laughs> your oh, mic I dropped. lost you your, again. Yeah, your what? mic dropped out like right as I was saying goodbye. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. It's fine. Oh, my God. Um, I was just saying that I've been um, I've been listening to your work since since Nesima. So, um, oh, my God. Thank yeah, you. I, you know, when Nesima came out, it was like it doesn't always happen with debut albums, but people were reviewing it. And that was back in my high school days when I was like, you know, avidly reading reviews, and I, I must have found it somehow because I, I have been listening since then. That's um, so awesome! Thank so you been, for it's, it's been really sticking nice. with me. Oh, yeah, I really well, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's been really nice getting to talk to you, and I, uh, I look you forward too, to Jeremy. more people hearing the album. <laughs> awesome! Thanks so much for asking me to do this. I loved it. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Okay, take care over there. <laughs> you too. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm.